Celtic Stuff Live. Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on CLNS Radio, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for Boston sports. This is Justin Poole, and I'm here with John Duke. We're leading up to the trade deadline. And Thursday, we will have a live trade deadline show. John and I will be hosting along with Bobby Manning and Nick Gelso working the board. I know Patrick Gilroy likes to say behind the glass, the, uh, the old in the booth studio saying, but John, you and I don't know what behind the glass means. We, we talk about parts unknown, I think is, is how we tend to roll with it, but Listen, we, we've got the trade deadline show. Uh, you were traveling. We waited an extra day to, to put out this episode. And right now, we just, I can't, I'm a businessman. I cannot stay up any later. But right now, we are in the middle of Twitter googly-eyed craziness. And Mike Zarin did sort of try to poo-poo it a little bit. But he didn't say if. He did say when a trade happens or when the trade is going to happen. So he poo-pooed it, but maybe he was just buying time. And this may not be an evergreen show. By the time it comes out in the morning, everything we say tonight could be dated, John. That's right. We, we, we're sitting here. By the time we hit save on the file that goes out into the interwebs that you all download, this may be completely unnecessary. You may be wasting your time already. Just kidding. There's already good. There'll be good stuff here. We'll talk about more than this trade. <laughs> There's nothing like kicking off a show with, hey, you're already wasting your time listening to us. <laughs> We're not even two minutes into the show. But by the way, you really ought to unplug. You're already wasting your time. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we are, we bring honesty to the table, right? Like all along, you know, it's like, this is why we do this. We, because we don't want people, no. We no, it's the truth. You're right. We, you and I, we're 100 percent to the core, honest. No BS on Celtic stuff live. That's right. We don't we don't do storylines. We don't do. We just tell you what we feel, right? And so what we're feeling right now is um, a big pair of googly eyes. That's what we're feeling right now. And we got. I mean, <laughs> it's like a Roger know, Rabbit effect. I think. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's kind of like you know, we're not for the boogie trade last night. I think. Maybe, maybe we're feeling like, okay, you know, that in and of itself would have a ripple, but the boogie trade has kind of kickstarted all day long this, this, you know, kind of backlash and hubbub about one of the solos going to give up players and when they're going to do this or that. And so it's just, it's kicked it all up and then, you know, whatever it was, 745, whatever tonight, we see a, a couple eyes. And the only other time Isaiah's done that is when they signed Horford. So, as, as it's and not you a were surprise saying, that everybody's bugging out, no doubt. It's well, and not only that though. It's also there's. It doesn't seem like he does this for no apparent reason. It it seems like he saves his googly eyes for uh, uh, you know important situations at least. So, you know, I'm sure someone by the time we get this up, somebody will have done an exhaustive uh, research as to when he's used it, other than Horford. But to me, that seems like it's a there's a big deal. 
something's happened. And it's not, we, he's already commented on the, on the boogie trade. It's not as if that's the deal. So we're left here to sit and sit here by saying, okay, something's got to happen. And, and I know, you know, you're big on the PJ Tucker bandwagon or to make that deal. And, and honestly, I think that's not, I think that's a good, good fit here as long as you don't have to give At up a lot. At first I was it. like, why bother? And it was literally, 20 minutes before the googly-eyed tweet where I said, listen, we don't need to make a trade just for the sake of making a trade and entertaining the fans. We can stand pat. And then, you know, obviously the P.J. Tucker stuff started coming out, and I'm like, why? What's the point? However, when I really started to look at it, and we've talked about this, and I know Ryan Bernadoni and Sam Sheehan we love looking at their cap analysis. They're sort of disciples of Eric Pincus, an old friend of the show from out in L.A. But $1 million, $1.5 million really could make a huge difference this offseason. The numbers are that tight, and as the cap has come out, it did look like, or I should say as the collective bargaining agreement has been agreed upon, it did look like some of those dollars we're tightening up even more than originally estimated. So $1.5 million could be huge. And Demetrius Jackson, although never really getting a chance here in Boston, could be a reasonable casualty for the type of cap space that they need. So you can package Jimmy Young. You can package um, Jordan Mickey and Demetrius Jackson. You get a veteran, 31-year-old veteran with some brawn, to be able to take into the postseason and, and hopefully maybe work some rebounds. And you also clear a million and a half off the books to go after that max free agent this summer. So it makes a lot of sense. So I did come around on that. Certainly not a fireworks deal, but it was 20 minutes before googly eyes. And the next thing you know, my head's spinning with Blake Griffin and Paul George and, and Jimmy Butler, and it's all going bananas again. But But I do believe that. There's no need to make a trade for the sake of making a trade, and I have more eyes on the off season than I do this season, especially when in turn when it comes down to cap space. No sense in ups, upsetting the apple cart for anything other than an all star move. Right. That's and, and you know if you can make some deals around the around the uh, the periphery of that. You know, no, no big whoop. You know, and and a guy like PJ Tucker, he helps you win games this this playoff season, and he also doesn't imperil your cap. So, you know, that's that's good stuff. You know, there was a Zach Lowe put up a piece tonight, uh, which was really good. And if you haven't yet read it, Celtics fans, you really should, because he really does go into some pretty good depth about the Celtics situation, not just you know. Right now in this, you know, googly eyes era that we find ourselves over the next few week, few days, but, but also looking ahead to the summer and really saying, look, the Celtics have the potential to go out, get a big player and still have $25 million in cap space, um, by doing, by doing very little, um, you know, not re-signing, uh, renouncing a Linux and things like that. We've talked about that. So, you know, there's, there's potential here. It, it, to me, it's never, it's not just about the next move. Because what you're going to hear a lot is, well, if you get Jimmy Butler, you're still not good enough to play Cleveland. True. I think, I don't think you're, 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 I think you could extend them to six or seven and, but, but I still think Cleveland's a better team. It's the next move that, that is really the, the instructive one. And so if you're able to make a deal now and get that second piece, 
um, which is really what Zach Lowe is indicating that there's room to get at that, get that second piece with some serious cap space. Then, you know, then you're talking about your, your, in the conversation to con- contend. And I think that that's something that as we're going through these next few days, it's very instructive to think about the fact that, you know, there's opportunities here that go above and beyond. So yeah, is, is Jimmy Butler, can he do everything? No, we still can't rebound. We still can't protect the rim, but there's going to be other opportunities to add pieces to the puzzle. Yeah. And again, it's about having scores and, he can play strong, strong defense, but it's about being able to get the ball in the hoop in the waning minutes of the game. And as much as I love what Isaiah Thomas is doing, and let's just credit Brad Stevens as well, as much as I love how he is getting Isaiah Thomas to the spots that he needs to get to, just getting a little bit around the defender with multiple, multiple screens, it would be nice to have somebody else that can hit the clutch shot, especially once we hit the postseason. So we'll, we'll see how all that plays out. You're right. The, the rebounding still wouldn't be addressed by such a deal, but it is something that needs to be addressed. Maybe it gets addressed in the off season, but if they do make a trade, they're going to, it's pretty much a foregone conclusion. They're doing it to secure a player. And then this off season, they're going to lose the the max free agent opportunity most likely. So if they make the move now, it's going to cost some assets. Just think if they could still make noise in the postseason, sign a max free agent and keep the picks. Boy, are they in the driver's seat now. It's, it's just disgusting ridiculous. what it could be. Right. And I think that's why there's no pressure, and there shouldn't be any pressure. But real quick, we're going to take our first break. Just a reminder, follow Celtic Stuff Live on Twitter, at CSL underscore Tweet Live, as well as myself, CSL underscore Justin. Follow John at CSL underscore Duke. The entire CLNS Radio Network at CLNS Radio. The Facebook page is Facebook.com slash CLNS Fans, and download the app for iOS and Android. Just search CLNS Radio in the marketplace and the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash CLNS Radio for high-definition, full-length locker room interviews and the Garden Report with Jared Weiss. Zip Recruiter, it's the new year, which means a fresh start for your business and a great year starts with making great hires. But posting your job in one place isn't enough to find quality candidates. If you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job on all the top job sites, and now you can. With ZipRecruiter, you can jumpstart your hiring in 2017. Posting your job to 200-plus job sites includes social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide and just post once and watch the qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Quickly screen candidates, rate them, and hire the right person fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by over 1 million businesses and right now our listeners can post jobs on ziprecruiter.com for free by going to ziprecruiter.com slash sports fan again one more time try it for free go to ziprecruiter.com slash sports fan now john i want to give the trade just some little bit of more time a little more possibility that before we wrap recording we may actually have something to uh to really sink our teeth into so let's table it Let's talk about All-Star Weekend, Brad Stevens as the coach, 
Isaiah Thomas continuing his streak of games with at least 20 plus points and obviously the performance uh, of the team last week. You and I both predicted that they would go 3-0 and last week and it did wind up being 2-1 and thanks to a rather ugly and I would say I never want to I never ever want to put it to the refs but a pretty BS call oh, at on. the end of yeah. the game against Chicago. No, you know, I mean, look, I mean, it, <laughs> I, 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 yes, by the strictest extent of the word, you could argue that he did touch his elbow. Can I see it real well? Not really, but there, it's very likely there was contact there. But where Zarba was, where he made that call, he couldn't see. He didn't have that angle. And two, it's, <laughs> You're gonna let that call decide a game like that. I mean, if he was, if he obliterated his elbow, obliterated his arm, I, I understand that. I understand that if you touch the elbow, it throws a shot off. You know, when I shoot it, it doesn't even matter because <laughs> mine always looks like my elbow gets touched. But anyway, I mean, I understand that. But the fact of calling that and basing, making that game called on that, the Celtics have that whole game in hand. They didn't play well. But look, they come off a long road trip. They're on the back half of a back-to-back right before the All-Star game. I mean, look, there's a lot of reasons why they didn't come out and play that game so tightly and so, so strongly. But I thought they played, I thought they actually played as well as could be expected in that situation. And to see them, you know, get taken from them, which is really the way I felt, that was the ultimate indignity of it all. Yeah, it really did get taken away from him. And, and you know what? Last game before the All-Star break, due for a letdown game. You and I should have seen it coming, you know, a two and, a, a two and one week. But, and they've just been so good lately. You, you didn't, you didn't see it coming. You and I both on a little bit of a roll with our predictions saying, all right, all right, it's going to be three and oh. I mean, their record after basically starting out the season 500 is, is lit. It is on fire and hopefully they'll start it up again and we'll get to this later before we wrap the show. But hopefully they'll get it started up with a win coming out of the all-star break against the Toronto Raptors. That would be nice. I'm expecting DeMar DeRozan to be healthy for this one though. So that'll be a challenge and, and we'll get to that. But two and one is still respectable. Then they think, go I into the all-star. I think we get an asterisk. Yeah, it's definitely an asterisk. Let's it give it us could an easily asterisk. have been a three and a week. Yep. Absolutely. I don't, I don't, I feel like we earned it, Justin. I think we did it. You know, that was, that was ridiculous. We did, we did the job. We did our part. Zach Zarba just kind of wasn't playing ball with us. That's right. Zach Zarba. Remember that name? Usually he's a good referee. You know, I, he's not the worst guy out there, but come on, man. Come on. Well, you gotta, you gotta go through the ups and downs of the NBA season. Uh, Although there's a lot of ups and downs during trade deadline season, but let, Again, we want to go there, we want to go there, but we have to talk about All-Star Weekend, which I can barely love get it. myself love to it. watch. I love hate it. it. Favorite thing. You love it. <laughs> well. You love it. Yeah, I like it a lot. Yes. Yes, I do. I do. I love Why? it. Why? I love the Why? I, I like, I'll tell you what. I think that the dunk contest, the three-point, all that, I think it makes it kind of accessible. For a lot of fans, it gets people more people engaged. Um, my kids love watching it. You know, I mean, 
even you know it's we just you know we sat down today i hadn't recorded because we were we were out of town but um you know we sat down we watch it fast forward and watch the dunks watch them do this cool stuff i mean it's basically it's like watching youtube videos of of players doing cool things i mean is there anything cooler than hitting three pointers and dunking i mean that's the whole game right there and then of course with the skills challenge you had isaiah (laughs) nowadays yeah you know so it's like i think it's perfect you know and so I see. I like all the pageantry, and I think it gets it gets some eyeballs on the NBA, which I I like. I think it's I think it's good for the game. Um, there's some parts of it that are a little. I fake, do though, think it's good for the game, and I will say this: as a kid, the dunk contest was one of my most favorite times of the whole NBA season. I loved watching the dunk contest, and last year. It almost looked like it was getting brought back. I mean, Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon, I did enjoy it last year. I did watch it. But the truth is also this, John, and this is what it really boils down to me, is I can pretty much get everything I need to see from All-Star Weekend on Twitter in about 30 minutes. That's and true. that's really what it – that's why I think it's lost a lot for me because I'm not into the pageantry. As a matter of fact – I, I can't believe I stuck it out till halftime uh, for the All-Star game itself because no defense is so boring. And, <laughs> I mean, even Isaiah Thomas' botched, you know, slam the ball off the floor, reverse dunk, you know, was sort of entertaining, but it's almost like a mockery of their skill in so many ways because they're not the Globetrotters, right? They're trying to turn that game into – 200 plus points for each team with the showmanship of a Marcus Haynes. And it's not there. They're great players, but it's not the same as going out and globe trotting. I, well, you know, and I, I'd say that the last, not the last couple of years, but there, there had been a run there where they were trying to, teams were, they were trying to win the game. You know, they'd actually played defense the last four or five minutes. And, there was none of that this year. Now, I don't know if there was a pall hanging over it because, you know, Boogie only played two minutes. Everyone knew he was going to get traded. And, you know, they were really trying to get Anthony Davis the ball. And it felt like it just it didn't feel like, you know, that when we had those, the you know, the end, which would be competitive, that was fun. That was, you know, those are kind of the best all-star game memories are, are when you go back and it's a close game and they're actually trying a little bit. This one, it was, you know, it was all fun and games, you know. But, you know, you also have some of the old, the gray beards have kind of fallen out of, their, out of the game now. I mean, the gray beards now are LeBron and, and Carmelo, who arguably shouldn't even have been there. So it's, you don't have that kind of, you know, you know, veteran force there to kind of say, all right, let's, let's give it a try. You know, I thought, you know, Giannis was really one of the only guys that was kind of giving it his all out there. Um, everybody else was kind of definitely operating in, in, in slow motion, which, you know, it's disappointing. But again, as you and I said, the most important thing about this weekend for us as Celtics fans, it wasn't to see who wins and who loses. It was for Brad Stevens to cozy up with some of these stars. And that's probably one of the big takeaways is just listening to him converse with the players, you know, just interacting with them. And a lot of information out there saying that the players, you know, from both East and West All-Star teams 
enjoying just being around Brad, which is very, very encouraging. And when you tie that into the trade rumors and saying, let's stand pat and wait and see what happens this summer, keep in mind, I think a lot of people are viewing that as, oh, yeah, these players will want to come play for Boston. Let's trade. No, but let's let's look at it like Brad just had an opportunity to recruit a number of players that will be up in the offseason taking advantage of that cap room and holding on to those picks. I, I, I just I very much value what they're able to do to build for now and the future. I mean, you're going to let some players drop off, there's no doubt, but Zizic, Yabaselli can be on this club next year to round out the roster. You're going to probably get Markel Fultz or Lonzo Ball and at the same time if you could add a Hayward or maybe you could even take a stab at a Blake Griffin who knows you know it's almost and even you know everybody wants to get upset about DeMarcus Cousins but the truth is is that was a one-year rental and then likely he would be gone and more and more it's coming out when the that way that Vladi has been misunderstood in his saying that, hey, look, I had a better offer on the table. Everybody's like, well, then why didn't you take it? No, that's not it. DeMarcus Cousins basically botched it. Said, right. I'm not going to sign anywhere. What he's saying is, this was the best deal I could do. Not the best deal I could get. The best deal I could do. And, you know, that's not going to do any, that's not going to do DeMarcus Cousins any favors in free agency. Unless it's with the Pelicans who have had a chance to get to know him. Everybody else, super cautionary tale for all of those teams. And it's going to stay that way. Jimmy Butler, now there's a guy I can get on board with because you've got him for two years. You have a real shot at indoctrinating him to the roster. But the best way is to cash in the chips from All-Star Weekend and just go into free agency and say, hey, you had a chance to meet Brad. You know what Brad's about. You know what the organization's about. And you're a good fit culturally, which is exactly why the boogie deal did not happen. I think, well, yeah, I think that that's the, that, that's the piece. I think this is the point of the show where we start talking people off the ledge a little bit on boogie. Is there's a lot of really angry people out there right now that the Celtics Hugely angry. Really mad. And, and look, he's, he's wildly talented. We've talked about this show a hundred times. Wildly talented. Um, but, and, and yes, if you get somebody out of where he is, you might be able to rescue him. But you've got a good thing going here now. I mean, you're the two seed. You've got likely the top, a top pick or so. Um, you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of, there's a whole bunch of stuff like that that's out there and you've got max cap space. Like you don't have to take, you know, you don't have to take a risk or a gamble. I mean, yeah, you trade for any good player. It's a risk and a gamble, but let's be honest. Boogie is the biggest gamble going, you know, and you're already the two seed. Are you a, are you, you know, in the finals, if you get boogie, maybe, but what, does that do to everything else that you do? Um, he's already got 17 texts. Is he, you know, can you afford to have him out? Is, do you, do you have the time to, to fold him into your team and, uh, and try to get him into the culture when you're in the middle of the season and trying to have a long playoff run? It just, I, I don't think that this was, this was the time for a Boogie Cousins deal. And I don't think they but were. But it was never in, the time. And, never well, the and time. Then the, 
the other thing was is that Isaiah, there's you know, Steve Bopet has you know sources saying that uh, Isaiah was not in favor of a Boogie Cousins trade. And quite frankly, if Isaiah says I don't want Boogie Cousins, you do what Isaiah Thomas says because nobody knows knows him better on the Celtics. Yeah, no, that's the definite truth. And that was another thing I tweeted. I was like, doesn't anybody amongst all of this angst think that if it was worthwhile to get Boogie that Isaiah Thomas would help temper the Celtics' cultural considerations? I mean, honestly, if he went, if Isaiah went to bat for DeMarcus Cousins, he'd probably be in Celtics green. The fact that he didn't, and even though it's not publicly noted by Isaiah himself, even though it's clear he didn't or Boogie would be here. And, and, and maybe, maybe the Celtics were one of those teams that had the better offer, even though all reports indicate that they had no interest whatsoever. Maybe they were one of the teams with a better offer that couldn't be accepted because Boogie said, no way I'm not going there. Who knows? And, and we probably won't know. But if you remember Mike Gorman on this show just a few months ago saying, you know, I, I would not want DeMarcus Cousins here. I would. I don't want anything to do with him. Um, and and look at what their own play-by-play voice out in Sacramento, like on yeah. Twitter, sent him <laughs> off with a big old kick in the ass. Uh, right. I'm sure Mike talks to Grant, you know, frequently throughout the season here and there. But at the end of the day, you know, Mike really backed off of his statement. Like, listen, I'm not in the front office. I don't work in this organization. I personally would. You know what? I can read between the lines. There's no way that you cover the Celtics as a pro the way that Mike Gorman has been for over 30 years and not have a pretty good idea about how the organization feels about players around the league. I'm telling you, Mike didn't does not speak on behalf of the organization, but there's a lot of elements to what Mike knows about players around the league that are brought to him by people within the organization. So, you know, we've, we've talked to guys like Jeff Goodman, who has intimated things that maybe, you know, can't be written, can't be published, can't be said. But there's, there's a lot more to this Boogie Cousins story than people realize. Only counterpoint to that, John, would be our discussion with Mark Spears and our first show back. And this was just a little over a year ago, but... Mark doesn't see the issue with, with Cousins. He thinks yeah. the guy's all right, and I think Mark Spears is all right. So I've always kept an open <laughs> line and possibility that Cousins would come to Boston, and I'd give him a chance. But the truth is is the red flags are everywhere, and I don't think this is a Rasheed Wallace situation where Rasheed found a home in Detroit and resurrected his career and, and in many ways his attitude anyway. I, I'm not sure that that's going to happen for Cousins. As a matter of fact, if things don't pan out well in New Orleans, it's going to get ugly fast. I think you're right, and I and I wouldn't be surprised to see him back on the market soon. I mean, this is this thing's nuts. I mean, I, I don't think he wants to stay there. I think it's. I, I think honestly, somebody said yesterday. Well, that means he's you know. Anthony Davis is there's no chance of him leaving. I think this increases the chances that Anthony Davis gets out of there. I mean, this is um, I, I just don't. I, I mean, I I understand what New Orleans did. What New Orleans has to do, you know, they they have few pathways forward. Might as well go out there and and swing for the fences. And if Vivek thinks for some reason that Buddy Heal's the next Steph Curry, good on him. <laughs> 
you know, you got to make that deal a hundred times out of a hundred. But I don't know that it puts New Orleans in a situation where they have those two guys for the next ten years. You know what? You know what? We've got to take a break. But I really want to come back to that, and I don't want to interrupt it. But this is a ten-minute conversation we're about to yeah. start, especially as it relates to Buddy Heald and Jalen Brown. So we're going to take a quick break in the show. We're going to come back, and we're going to flesh that argument out a little bit. And then who knows? Maybe Twitter will blow up, and you know the 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 non-evergreen portion of the show will uh, will explode. We'll see. But. In the meantime, we're going to tell you a little bit about Blue Apron and then a quick break uh, for Audible.com. But Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooked me- home cooking accessible to everyone. And they know that when you cook with incredible ingredients, you make incredible meals. And so they set the highest quality standards for their community of artisanal suppliers, family-run farms, fisheries, and ranchers. But here's the real deal. For less than $10 a meal and you don't have to go out and shop for the groceries or plan for the ingredients, Blue Apron's going to deliver you seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients so that you can make your own home-cooked delicious meals and again for less than $10. Cooking together builds strong family bonds. Research shows that Blue Apron families cook nearly three times more often. And the calories are listed right on there. So if you're somebody who counts calories, that's a real benefit. And I guarantee you that you can cook the food just as well as anybody else. The step-by-step instructions are easy to follow. And again, pre-portioned meals. There's really no measuring. You're just going to cut some stuff up and put it together, and you're going to have an awesome meal. Upcoming meals, cashew chicken stir-fry with... Tango mandarins and jasmine rice, roasted pork with apple, walnut, and farro salad, crispy barramundi with quinoa and roasted carrot salad, and udon noodle soup with miso and soft-boiled eggs. So check out this week's menu. Get your first three meals for free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash Celtics. You're going to love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. And don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash Celtics for three meals for free with free shipping. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. And now a quick word from audible.com. All right, we're back, and we were we were about to get into, I think, a very in-depth conversation about how that trade played out and what was important to Sacramento. And, John, you even said you think Cousins is going to end up back on the market, which I think is true. And he's going to want to control his destiny. So he's even if he doesn't get back on the market, it's hard to see him with the same organization. You almost can liken what's going to happen next to what has happened to Rondo since he was traded away from the Celtics coming up on contract year himself. So I think there may be some similarities there. But speaking of, well, not similarities, but speaking of two players with sort of similar destinies but maybe not quite defined yet, I want to talk about Jalen Brown and Buddy Heald because Buddy Heald was huge, huge um favorite of many of the Celtics fan base. Many of the people who booed Jalen Brown were huge Buddy Heald fans. Then there was, of course, the Chris Dunn fan base as well because they wanted to take that pick and flip it to Philly and and get somebody like Noel or Okafor. Remember how strongly everybody felt about that. I don't know in retrospect at this point. Those two players, some of the older players in the draft, playing at guard positions, Heald and Dunn, 
And I don't know if you can look back and say, man, I really wish we had drafted one of those guys instead of Jalen Brown at this point. I think many people have been surprised by Jalen, but Jalen's also got a number more of more years in his career as a pro before he reaches, you know, the ages of 22 and 23 that Dunn and Heald were when they came into the league or that they are now. So I know one of the conversations back on draft night was why didn't we get Dunn and flip him? But now all of a sudden with this Cousins trade, you're hearing the same thing. Well, just imagine if they drafted Heald, we might have been in the driver's seat to get Cousins. That That's Jeez. the most disturbing one to me because I think <laughs> at this point we've proven that we got a young athletic player with a strong work ethic. And the fact that he is getting to the free throw line and he hasn't quite learned the nuances of the game or that veteran savvy, um, I think I think you're smoking crack if you think – that the Celtics should have picked anybody else other than Jalen Brown. And I know I felt that way since that night, but I'm having a hard time looking at anybody who was taken after him and going, nope, that, that was the consensus better pick. Well, as the, as the resident Jalen Brown skeptic on the show and, and going back to draft night, I mean, I was not happy. I was joined by many others. And I think almost all of us have, have recanted that uh, objection and, couldn't be happier with the pick now. I mean, the difference between what he's done and where he was uh, as a player, uh, our view of, of Jalen Brown draft night, I mean, <laughs> the only way you could say that they should take in Buddy Heald at this point <laughs> to get DeMarcus Cousins is, it's it's a foul. I mean, it's just, it's it's... It's like taking what I said draft night. said, we just take Chris Dunn. Just take Chris Dunn anyway because you know someone's going to want him. And since that point, Chris Dunn's value has just gone down and down and down and down. And Buddy Heald's had a, he's had an okay season, but he's not anywhere. He's not as good as Jalen Brown. It's, it's clear. I mean, I don't – listen, just because Vivek is making bad choices – I, yeah, I suppose you could argue if one team out of 30 likes your assets and they've got the player you want, that's all you need. I suppose that's true. But how many, how long does that happen? How long, how many times is that going to be the case? Just seems like it's, you're trying to force your way into that being your solution as opposed to it actually being a reasonable solution to acquire star players. What if Boogie didn't end up going on the market? They'd sign him for $200 million and Larry Bird and Gar Foreman and, and John Paxson say, we'd much rather have Jalen Brown. I know you don't want to trade him under any circumstances, but, I mean, that seems to me it's like you can't try to run your team based upon another team's insanity. You just try to take advantage of it when you can. But I don't think they wanted Boogie's insanity as well. It's It's almost two separate things. The one thing you can say about Buddy Heald and in that deal is they are getting a quality character guy. And if they're, I'm not sure that I agree with some of the front office thoughts that Buddy Heald is on Steph Curry's level because I just don't think so. And and I know what they want to do. I know they want to make the comparison to Steph because Steph came out after a couple of years in college as well. And I 100% get that comparison, but it's really the work ethic. I think, uh, you know, if you look at what Buddy Heald 
Field did in college to just, you know, uh, develop his body and his strength to make himself NBA ready. I'm all about it. And I do think that they're getting a high quality character player in return for Cousins. And they get a first and a second round pick. And, you know, who knows where that first round pick will fall this year. But we'll see how that all plays out. At the end of the day, I'm not really down on Buddy Heald as a player. I just, I, I just go back and I, that revisionist history argument has to get shot down. The Celtics made the right choice and it was mm-hmm. not the one, the popular one. Just like if they sit pat at this trade deadline and don't make a deal, it won't be the popular move, but it will be the one that potentially all of a sudden, everybody goes, oh, there's Danny again. He did the right thing because the next thing you know, they sign Hayward or they sign Griffin and they bring in a player with, with max free agent space this offseason. And then all of a sudden, it's all out the door because they're like, wait, we got Fultz and we have Hayward? How did that happen? And they're still going to have difficult choices with the roster over time, but they'll be able to navigate that because they'll have options. And just because they sign a max free agent this offseason, don't trade for anybody now, doesn't mean that they can't make trades with some of those players as, you know, players deserve an opportunity to start. You know, Avery Bradley's still very much in question, and he's only got one more year before he's due for a huge pay raise. And I think Zach Lowe noted this in his article, as you mentioned earlier, but Bradley's trade value isn't exactly going up right now. Right. Right, and well, we we've talked about this probably two weeks in a row, a little bit parts here, but this is the time to move him if you can. I mean, it's the same with with Boogie. I mean, when you're when you're going to be a free agent in a year and a half, um, this is pretty much the last time that a team is going to be willing to spend real assets to acquire you, and that includes Paul George, that includes you know a lot of guys, well, Boogie Cousins, so. You have to look at that. And so for the Celtics or anybody, I mean, why wouldn't you try to kick the tires now? Or why wouldn't you put the market out there to see if Boogie can get something? Well, they did, but for all the reasons we talked about earlier, <laughs> there was, there, his trade market was a little bit interesting just because of, you know, the, his history and the agent trying to force him into certain spots or out of certain spots. Um, I don't know. It's it's kind of an interesting little Well, I've got a situation. new theory. My new okay. theory is 100% stand pat, go play the free agent game, sign your guy. And it's doable. It's very doable because look at the seeding heading into the postseason this year. They're probably going to get out of the first round because they're not going to be. And they could end up being middle of the pack. But with a little luck on health, and they've done a much better job this year of surviving the injuries than they did last year. And, and again, knock on wood, fingers, fingers crossed. They're going to get to the postseason fairly healthy with the right seeding and not slipping down into that, you know, four or five matchup again. There's a real good shot they get through the first round and they still could get through that second round to keep, to be in the Eastern Conference finals is not out of the question. It's not a guarantee, but if they get to the Eastern Conference finals, that's enough noise heading into the offseason to get a free agent next season expiring low value contract of guys like Avery Bradley, I think that's when they're best traded. 
I think at this point, I'm almost all out, and I know this is going to make me a very entertaining host on the trade deadline show this week, but I'm almost all 100% out on trade. I mean, I think probably Paul George and Jimmy Butler are the only two. Um, I don't even know that it would take Blake Griffin because I don't want that risk, and even Paul George is a little risky, but I think he wants to win. He's made those comments. That's where the uncertainty is for Indiana about whether or not they can keep him in town when his, when he comes up. I think Danny Ainge, the ownership group, the success they've had, and Brad Stevens gives the Celtics a really good shot of re-signing Paul George. And he's a year younger than Butler, which I like as well. But, but I think Butler's got one more year on his contract. So you he get does, a little bit yeah. more certainty out of Jimmy. But those two players, really the only two that I'd be interested in, in making a deal for at this point, because I would want some certainty in giving up so many assets. Otherwise, I'm all out, um, max free agent this offseason, and maybe a minor move like the P.J. Tucker deal like we talked about already makes some sense for just kind of ensuring that you have a shot in the postseason to make some noise and continue to position yourself. I mean, come on, let's think about this. You go into the offseason, you've just drafted Markel Fultz, you lost a tough series to Cleveland, maybe in six, right, in the Eastern Conference Finals, and then you find yourself heading into free agency and you've got max money and you're one of the top six teams in the NBA and you just drafted Markel Fultz and you have Jalen Brown on the team and Marcus Smart and tradable assets. You're telling me that you can't lure a free agent? That That's outside of the two times, like obviously the Celtics trading for the new big three, so trading for KG and Ray Allen, and then what Miami did to bring in LeBron and Chris Paul to join Dwayne Wade. Sure, there was the Cleveland finagling, but this would be essentially developing a big three with an enormous cachet of young role players that could be starters not too far in the distant future, and you'd be able to sign a max deal with that team. It's unheard of. It is, although, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's supposed that's kind of going along with our our wish list of the, um, you know, having <laughs> having you know be able to basically operate off of two tracks. The only problem is is that if well if you can trade, it's a question of how much you have to give up and trade, right? So like you can do both. There's a, there's a way you can do both. If if you believe Zach Lowe, there's a way you can do both. You can get the max free agent and you can trade somebody right now. And you're gonna have to trade somebody after you sign somebody anyway. So if you could if if you could let's say you could in an ideal world, let's say right now you could trade for Paul George or trade for um yes, yeah, trade for Paul George and sign Gordon Hayward. And that to me that would be for a lot of people that'd be the ideal, right? Yeah, but the problem is, is the players that you have to give up to do that versus figuring it out after you go and sign the free agent. You don't necessarily know who's coming and how that balances your roster. And if you're going to do that, you're going to give up guys like Marcus Smart. You're going to have to give up, you know, that almost five million that Jalen Brown gets. Like you're going to have to package a decent amount of those, uh, salaries that are already on the books. And I think the team gets a little bit weaker that way. 
Well, it's, but what, I guess it, it depends upon what we're talking about for value. I mean, like we, as we saw with Boogie, and I don't know if, if that's a sign of, you know, I, I don't know if it was Bullpet who reported this today or not, but there's two ways this could go. It's either going to break open and everyone's going to be trading for everybody, or it's going to go the other way, which is everyone saw that Vladi was getting killed and no one's going to want to trade anybody. You know, it could go a whole bunch it of different really ways. It really should break now. open, though, because nobody's going to do worse than Vladi, at least in the eyes of the league. I mean, I think, I mean, not in the league, but in, in the eyes of the fan. I think the front office types know better. But it won't matter because it'll give somebody permission to take a gamble, knowing that they're really only, you know, sort of a secondary storyline to what happened with Sacramento. Hmm. Yeah, I, you're probably right. You're probably right. I mean, I, I think that the league has been tied up for a long time. You know, we've been talking about this. It's not just us. I mean, basically going back to the deadline two years ago when when uh, Isaiah moved. That's the last time the league kind of had that, you know, open, open season. And ever since then, it's been really locked down. It's not just the Celtics. I mean, last, last trade deadline was probably the worst trade deadline ever. Now, you know, so now we've got to see, okay, well, now we got CBA. We know what's going to happen. We got the, the TV deal is done. Now there should be some certainty. So now it's a question how our team is running. How are GMs running their teams, and how are they, you know, building for the future? There's there's only so many teams who who can buy, so at that it should be a buyer's market, you'd think, which was is set up well for a guy like Danny Ainge. If he doesn't want to get a lot for Jimmy Butler, where else is Jimmy? Where else is Chicago going to get that Godfather offer that they want? I'm not sure that this. A lot of the deals we're seeing out there are are what we what they'll get for Jimmy Butler. Um, I, I just, I think that the, the cost is lower than we expect. And at least, I'm, at least that's what I'm hoping. <laughs> Maybe that's a better way to put it. <laughs> well, right. I mean, well, you know what? Again, in that respect, I think the deal, I don't know. That's the part I agree with Bullpet, that the rebound, like getting fleeced, People go, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then maybe the cost for acquiring a player goes way, way up. We know the Celtics have no intentions of giving Chicago what they are asking for for Butler. But this year's pick is going to have to go, John. I mean, you said maybe we'll get it a little bit cheaper. But you got to know, if you're if you're getting Paul George and Butler, you're giving up this year's pick for sure. And you're either giving up Jalen Brown or next year's Nets pick. I mean, I, I have a hard time seeing a deal that doesn't include those two of those three assets. And and maybe you could swap one out and include Marcus Smart. I mean, ideally, what we'd like to hear is is Crowder and Bradley, right? And and maybe you know the next next year's pick. That's what we'd really like to hear. But I don't think they're going to do that. Well, yeah, I, we'll see. We'll see if that's the price. I mean, I just, I guess I'm kind of. Re- what do you think reset. it is? I know you're I don't being know. optimistic, but what do you think it is? What do you think it would take? I'm the worst at trying to figure out what trades are. I really am. I mean, I look at, I look at the fact that Paul George before this weekend said, uh, I'm not going to guarantee sign of money, signing with, with Indiana, you know, and that's like, oh, okay then. So that's that's happening. He's he's not going to stay. 
uh, or at least he's not committing to stay. And I, I just feel like everyone loses leverage, you know. And if there's no leverage, I mean, the Bulls have some leverage, but at the same point, everyone knows that they're a dumpster fire in waiting. You know, we've talked about what their what their roster looks like outside of Butler for the next, you know, for for the next season. It makes a lot of sense for them to hit the reset button right now. Um, and the Celtics can give them what they need. Now, do they need to have a top five pick? Maybe. Um, I, I just feel like when I read Zach Lowe's, you know, estimation as to what a deal is, I think he feels like the, the cost is a lot higher than I think it will be. And I think that it, you're right. I mean, first of all, you have to match salaries, right? So you talk about, you know, they're interested in, they're interested in Jay Crowder and they're going to be interested in either Smart or Bradley, right? And then what else? Well, you, you know, or do you, do you go with something that's a mirror? And Bradley, but then you don't have enough cap space, you know, in the summer. So I guess what I'm saying is I don't know what the deal looks like. I just don't think that you're going to lose. I think that unless you're going all in, unless you're going to get, you know, uh, two, two players, um, you know, you're going to get, you know, um, Butler and then you're going to go get, you know, somebody else. I don't think you give up the 17 pick. I think that's the one thing you don't give up. You give up Brown, you give up 18 pick, you give up, you know, God forbid smart, but I don't think you, you want to give up that 17 pick unless, unless you, you know you're going all in and you're going to compete right now. You're, you're giving up on two tracks and you're going to one single track to win right now. And they can do that and they have, the cap space and they have the draft picks and the assets to do that. And yes, it will create a new big three, but it's a new big three that's 26, 27, 28 years old, not 30, 31, 32, which is what we dealt with, you know, going back to the KG Paul Pierce Ray Allen era. Just I think that's enough that time. Just not enough time. Not enough time. Absolutely. Yeah, we can't have that again. We absolutely listen. I got to talk about this Twitter debate I'm having right now before we talk about the games for the coming week, and you know we'll do our predictions, and then we'll obviously we're going to be back on Thursday afternoon for the for the trade deadline show. But um, I, I can't I can't even have this right now. It's making me mad. Um, so I just I have to I have to tell you about this Diddy Bop at Diddy Bop is coming at me trying to tell me that Cousins is on par with KG and what he can bring to the team. And I'm disgusted right now. Uh, I've enjoyed the debate. I've enjoyed the debate. And statistically, I'm sure you can say that. But this is where culture and intangibles and, like, you cannot downplay. KG was the culture. That's right. How many defensive players of the years has Boogie won? How many times has Boogie been in the playoffs? How many times has Boogie led his team to the conference finals? I mean, come on. Dude, come on, man. This is what's going on on Twitter right now. Come on. That's the, you know, look, Boogie's a good player, right? He's got all the talent in the world. But there's a reason why that team sucks. There's a reason why his teams haven't gotten over the ledge. There's a lot of guys who've had bad coaches and, and dysfunctional situations around them. Carmelo beat the Celtics in 2013. You know, they got past the Celtics. The, the, the farewell for KG and Paul was at the hands of Carmelo Anthony and the Knicks. 
I mean, the Knicks have been a dumpster fire since the 90s, and they got through. I mean, that's just – no. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, and no, here's no. the other thing. KG played on some tough teams and still set the tone. You know what I Absolutely. mean? Absolutely. Like some pretty He never was somebody – people like, he's insane. Someone should lock him up. He was never a detriment to his team. People no, thought he tried he to get people to play harder and practice harder. He pushed. Yes. There's a difference between being selfish and trying to set a tone and an attitude towards winning. Yeah, that's right. Even to the detriment of your peers. <laughs> because I'm sure, <laughs> after watching Big Baby cry on the bench, I am sure that there are some people that got mowed down in this way. But at the end of the day, here in Boston, he 100% set the tone for that uh, winning culture. And sure, they only got one, but that knee injury is the only reason they didn't get two. And a really rough three. Very, yeah, and it could have been, it could have easily been three. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think that that's, you know, no, he's not in KG's category, not even close. I mean, could he be good enough? Could he get there? I, I suppose. But KG is a leader of men. KG is somebody who people will talk about as a leader for generations. There is no way that Boogie Cousins will ever be that guy. Good guy, maybe, miscast, mischaracterized, someone who perhaps got a bad rap because he was playing on a bad team. But no, come on. Come on, man. I mean, KG was the Minnesota Timberwolves franchise, right? He set that all up. There was nothing there when he got there. And yeah, McHale was running the show, and it's not like McHale's a moron, but which unlike what's going on in Sacramento right now, but there was no, there was nothing to build on for KG when he got there. And he, he did that. Uh, it was his stability and his knowledge. And I mean, no, no, no. Oh my gosh. Wow. No. <laughs> I'm the big fart. Keep big going, fart man. I, look, I, so yeah, I mean, I get where people are upset, I, you know, but you know, Kevin O'Connor. Come on, let's this. just not be desperate, right? When was the last time well, that's right. somebody ended up with the woman of their dreams during a stage of desperation, right? Especially when things were going well. If things are going well and you find yourself desperate, chances are you are not making a good decision. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And Boogie, uh, you know, yes, he's talented and yes, but – how many times has Danny Ainge done us wrong? How many times has he made the wrong move? Doesn't Danny Ainge have like a lot more information at his disposal and firsthand contacts and firsthand conversations than we ever will have on Twitter? I mean, just because we have access to all the synergy data and, and basketball reference and advanced analytics and we can watch the games and league pass, so all that information out there. But you know what? Danny knows the people in that Sacramento locker room. He knows people who have played with Boogie Cousins. Hell, Isaiah Thomas played with Boogie Cousins. Okay? Like, we all just need to take a breath on that. If we know, if, if Danny doesn't want the guy, he's, he, we should be well past the point where we're like, well, he wasn't trying hard enough. No, no. Come on. We all know better than that. The, the real question to me is, all right, then what do you do? 
you know, do you, do you punt to, to off, you know, free agencies as you were talking about, you know, is there a trade market there where you can get a player for a good price? Um, you know, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to bargain with these free agents or these general managers who, you know, it's hard to, you know, hard to bargain with. Like, for example, you've got, uh, when you've, when Divac comes to the Celtics and says, you know, I want, you know, a package like you and I were just talking about, you know, the number one in 17 and Jalen Brown and, 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 and Celtics say no. And then Divac won't negotiate the price and it's less, it's, that was more than what he ended up accepting. How can you, I mean, you can't do someone's job for them. You know, and unfortunately, you know, but on the other hand, how much were the Celtics really motivated to do uh, even the deal that, that, you know, New Orleans did? I'm not so sure. So I think people need to get off Danny. There's plenty of guys out there. And let's also remember the fit here of Boogie Cousins next to Horford wouldn't have been so hot. Okay. Now, when they go small at the end of games, who's going to play the four? The four? You know, you're going to have Val do that? I mean, I just, to me, the way this this game is trending, you want your small ball four to be Paul George. You know, you want him to close out the game as your power forward, and that that puts you in a position to to compete and succeed. You do need to add that third center, that third big, who, when you have to go big, you play Paul George at the three, and you have your two bigs who play, but. That's that's the ideal situation right now, and to see to see now they need to be mobile. And, yeah. and keep in mind, keep in mind. And I'll, I'll I'll we'll finish it on this thought, and then we'll look at next week's game. Just keep in mind the players that are around Isaiah Thomas have to be mobile, or those all of the all that action, all those screens they don't work. You cannot. This is why Okafor is a no go for me. Because I just don't, I mean, yeah, he's young enough to move around and he can rebound and I, you know, I see all of that, but you need players who look at the lineups that have worked with Jarebko and Brown and Crowder, right? It's all multi-positional guys that can move around. Want to know why? Because they're constantly setting action to get Isaiah free. Now, you bring in Paul George into the equation, they can run a lot of action, but they can also run ISO. So they can throw a bunch of different looks, but they're still going to be able to move players, screens, multiple screens, double screens at the top to get Isaiah a good look. And the dude is a killer, so you can't take that away. And we've seen what's happened to him in the postseason. When teams can key in on him, it gets ugly. It gets really ugly. So you definitely don't want to have you don't want to have two guys that can't create all of that so that Isaiah can do what he does best in the fourth quarter. Absolutely. All right, John. Absolutely. Two games. Two, two games. Toronto, Detroit. I'm going to stay on the high. I'm going to go 2-0. and I know it's always bad for the Celtics coming off a layover. I know that Toronto has had their number. I'm going anti-pick. I'm going the other way. And I know Drummond has sometimes given the Celtics trouble, too. But I think uh, – wait, do I have that right? Yeah. 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 You're, Monroe's you're with you're Milwaukee. Right. See, I still get those two confused. No, Detroit kept Drummond. Drummond has given the Celtics fits too. And that game, you know, you never know. You never know. But they're hovering around 500. I think they take it. So I'm going to go 2-0. and And 
and I, I'm hoping Jalen Brown is going to be back for that game against the Raptors. <laughs> Jalen Brown the DeRose, is the key. I want Jalen oh against DeRozan. I just need to see it. I need to know that it happens. You, have, you are. Oh my gosh. Okay. So yeah. Oh no, my but God. You're, you're I, not, I hear what you're, you're saying. Just, you, you're. Uh, I've kept the Jalen Brown love at bay. All year Holy long, cow. the first time it really starts hope, coming out, the first show, you're already rolling your eyes I just hope he can make it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I just hope Jalen can be out in there to play against the Raptors. No, no, no. He will DeRozan. be helpful. That's the whole point. I he's know. He's played so well at the two, and that's the test to me. That's that's a big test to put him on an all-star. But I – Look, that's a big game. That's a big game right there. I mean, I know Toronto's falling back, but they win that game. They've evened up the season series at two to two. So, you know, that they, they, they will have, the, you know, that tiebreaker won't be, uh, out the window. Um, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna also go two and oh, though. And part of it is I think Toronto is, they're gonna have to incorporate Ibaka in their mix. Uh, and I think that will probably, be you know cause some growing pains. The other thing I'd say is the 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 Raptors are going to be without um, obviously that they, they they lost Terrence Ross in the deal. And I thought one thing that the, the Raptors did really well is that they could throw a lot of those you know mid sized wings at the Celtics, whether it was Norm Powell, Terrence Ross, DeRozan, and they had no answer. Now you've taken one of those guys out of the mix, so now you're down to Ross. With Ross out of it, you're down to Powell and, and DeRozan. And now with the emergence of, yes, Jalen Brown, I think that that helps to, to ameliorate that a bit. I'm not so positive about what, what we're going to get from Bradley. I think he's pretty rusty at this point. It's got to be having sat out for, you know, a month here. But I, I, I do think that they feel, I have a good, chance of I have some good thoughts about about that uh, those two those two games and you're right about Drummond he he's a tough player but I think that for the Celtics just the type of player he is but I think that that the Celtics seem to be have some good success and particularly when Horford's hitting um, and pulls Drummond out of there um that seems to work out pretty well for the Celtics so I'm going to also go with 2 and 0 this the other thing is who the heck knows what the Celtics team looks like in four days? Because, quite frankly, the Celtics could be a lot different than the Celtics we're talking about right now. Yeah. I just read a quote I have to share with you, too. Just Please. to wrap up All-Star Weekend as we close the show. LeBron James, who had been to 12 previous All-Star games, was said to be impressed with the thought and time Stevens and the Boston Celtics coaching staff put into the video which was clips of Carmelo Anthony and whatnot of all the players. And it was their all-star, like all the all-stars coming up when they were younger to now. So like the progression of their, of their careers from, from kids to today. That's what the Celtics organization did with their time at the all-star game. First class. That's insane. First class. Get ready. Stay woke. No deal has broke. And it's 11 o'clock. And we're going to wrap this baby. And we're going to be back on Thursday with the trade deadline show. John, it's a good one as always. And, uh, yep, we'll be on the lookout for the googly eyes. Yep, absolutely. Googly eyes, full life. 
uh, you know, let's, let's hope this thing happens and, uh, we can all kind of go back to trying to figure out the next steps. Uh, we've, listeners of this show know we've been waiting a long time for this consolidating trade to happen. And maybe the googly eyes are a sign that they're, it's, it's closer to happening than we realize. So, fingers crossed. Tomorrow guys. morning. Again, let's That's hope what... this show goes through one day, just one day of relevance. <laughs> we we got to take it down to the wire because that's the way it should be, just like the wire hanger. All right. Hang-a. Broadcast. It will be available on demand on the CLNS Radio mobile app as well as CLNSradio.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at CSL underscore Justin and at CSL underscore Duke. Big thanks to everybody for tuning in. You can support the show by subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to give us a rating and a review. We want your feedback. It's important to us. And a reminder, today's show brought to you by Audible.com, ZipRecruiter.com, and BlueApron.com. They have great deals for all of you listeners, but most importantly, you'd be supporting our show and the entire network. A big thanks to the loyal CLNS radio audience who makes it all worthwhile, and for staff writer Samuel Elias, executive producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of CLNS Radio, Nick Gelso, and my co-host John Duke, I'm Justin Poole, and thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live. Celtic Stuff Live.